Welcome to the Red Words Podcast, where we pursue a personal relationship with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us weekly as we deep dive into the dynamic and oftentimes curious Holy Spirit-inspired book of God's Word. As we continue in Revelation chapter 12, we are still between the sixth and seventh trumpet judgments. As John continues to define the players involved in the Great Tribulation, we meet the beautiful pregnant woman who is instrumental to God's final plan. And we also get a closer look at her arch-rival, as John fully describes Satan's identity. Additionally, John provides the historical relationship between Satan and Israel and how angry he becomes when he doesn't get his way. Here is Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. So, who is this pregnant woman? Back in Genesis, Joseph, of the coat of many colors fame, had a dream about how the sun, moon, and stars would bow down to him. Joseph was describing how the nation Israel would produce twelve tribes out of his ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for God chose these men along with Joseph, to be the instrument through which he would bring forth his son as Messiah. Many generations later, God chose the Virgin Mary and her betrothed, also named Joseph, both from the nation Israel and specifically from the tribe of Judah, and from the line of David, to bear his son. But when Jesus came to earth to save God's people, the Israelites rejected him. Keep in mind, the pregnant woman in Revelation symbolizes the entire nation of Israel, not just the Virgin Mary. Therefore, Israel, the mother or the instrument of God to create his son, has rejected Jesus as their Messiah for 2,000 years. And all the while, God has been silent towards them as he gathers his church. Interestingly, during the Great Tribulation, it will be Satan who causes the nation Israel to realize their original mistake, repent of it, and beg Jesus to return as their Messiah. But there's more to it. In Genesis, God told Eve that her descendants would war with Satan for generations, and God told Satan his descendants would war with Eve. So now we see the parallel to Revelation chapter 12. For God is finally bringing to an end the curse he placed upon Eve and Satan in the Garden of Eden. Israel and Satan are linked, and now God will separate them. God will destroy Satan, and when he is finished, God will redeem Israel, and they will love, worship, and praise him forever. So here is the link between Israel and Satan in verses 3 and 4. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. This description tells us that Satan has been the evil behind the kingdoms and governments of earth for thousands of years. Throughout history, any king or government that turned against its people 
any king or government that ran roughshod over anyone, any king or government who took more than they deserved, any king or government that did not serve its constituency in all goodness has been and still is governed by Satan. During the Great Tribulation, Satan comes to the forefront of the world's governments and reveals himself as their true leader. He no longer hides behind the scenes anymore. During the first part of the Tribulation, he will pull all the nations under his thumb using Antichrist. And then Satan will embody Antichrist during the second half of the Tribulation to become the visible king of the world. He will wear the crown of every nation during his short run as the one world leader. Additionally, in this verse, we get another clear description that ties Satan back to the one-third of the angels whom Satan took with him when he told the Lord God that he would be greater than God. Lastly, in Bethlehem, on that silent night when the star shone brightly above the barn where our Lord Jesus Christ was born, Satan, in the form of King Herod, was lurking in the shadows, trying desperately to locate Mary as she gave birth. Satan was unsuccessful in that attempt, and he did not devour the baby Jesus. But throughout history, he has attempted to thwart every single one of God's plans to bring King Jesus forth from the nation of Israel. Hmm. In this endeavor, Satan has failed miserably. In verses 5 and 6, we see how God intervenes. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1260 days. So Mary, representing Israel, gives birth to the Son of God. He grows up and in his 30th year begins his earthly ministry, knowing he will be sacrificed and resurrected at the end of his ministry. But... Since before time as we understand it, God, His Son, and Holy Spirit have planned for the upcoming 1,000-year reign of King Jesus, who will rule earth as its king and regain all that was lost to him in the Garden of Eden. During His rule, Jesus will be the most benevolent king ever to set foot on earth. At the same time, King Jesus will not tolerate evil. He will judge all wrongdoing hence ruling with a rod of iron. That scepter will never punish the innocent, because during his reign, Jesus will correct the upside-down, inside-out, wrong-is-right, and twisted, evil-is-good world that we currently have under Satan's leadership. Now, why does God's nation Israel flee, and where do they go? The answer lies in Daniel's prophetic vision when he was told that Antichrist would enter the new temple in Jerusalem and go into the Holy of Holies and declare himself to be God and that every person on earth must worship him or die. Satan even sets up a statue of himself for the world to worship. This event is called the Abomination of Desolation for under God's law, no one other than the Levitical priests are allowed inside the Holy of Holies without being destroyed. This event marks the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the last three and a half years. At this time, those in Israel who've heard the teachings of the 144,000 Jewish men will know that they must flee from Israel to hide from Antichrist. Where do they go? 
According to Isaiah chapter 16, Israel is to flee to the rock city of Petra at the south and east end of the Dead Sea. For God said, Open up your borders and receive my people. Shelter them in Petra until the tribulation is complete. Modern-day Jordan will be the wilderness where those in Israel who heard and understand the scripture flee to. Those who obey scripture and flee are God's chosen remnant, his nation Israel, his people, and he will care for them and redeem them. Next, in verses 7-9, through nine, future events swiftly escalate as God yanks back the curtain into the spiritual realms to reveal everything mankind requires to fully understand what is at stake right now. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Can it get any clearer than that? Does anyone need further explanation regarding what Satan is doing right now at this very moment? This great deceiver is running the world's governments and earth's population is being crushed beneath his rule. Today, right now, Satan is ramping up his fight against God because he already knows he will not survive. But if he can deceive multitudes, if he can convince people to choose him, if he can take people away from God forever, well, then he's accomplished that which he set out to do. But understand this. The reason God has not destroyed this beast already is because God must remove his church before he deals with Israel. His chosen nation, the one he designated as his instrument to give birth to his son, must be the ones who beg for King Jesus to return. Israel must provide the 144,000 men who teach during the tribulation and bring millions back to God. Israel must be the mother who regains her lost child. Israel must be the final nation, and they must belong to God alone. Therefore, Satan will do anything in his considerable power to thwart Israel from bringing Jesus back to earth. Right now, today, Satan is causing considerable difficulty for Israel. He will do anything he can to destroy the remnant of Israelis who seek God today. For it will be these people who will recognize and seek King Jesus and ask him to return and save them. And so, in verses 10 through 12, we see heaven rejoicing because God has opened the curtain for all to see the truth. But woe to the earth dwellers who live below. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you in great anger, 
knowing that he has little time. Those who were persecuted and martyred during the tribulation rejoice when their accuser is tossed out of heaven, no longer able to torment them. They rejoice because they refused Satan's mark and they were willing to die in Jesus' name. They were washed by his blood and stand before the throne of God in all his power, glory, and might to witness his kingdom established on earth, for there is no turning back now. God's wrath and the wrath of his son will come to earth to avenge their persecution and murder. Verses 13 through 18 describe what happens next. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. Now residing on earth and having indwelled Antichrist's body, Satan earnestly pursues the Israeli remnant into Jordan. He does everything he can to destroy them, but God protects them. Many commentators state that the armies who pursue Israel into Jordan will be swallowed up by the earth. Revelation chapter 10 talked about a great earthquake that rocks this region. Is there a correlation? Does the earthquake swallow Satan's army as they pursue God's remnant into Jordan? Whether it does or not, at every turn, God thwarts Satan's plans because Satan is no longer in control and he cannot stop God's goodness and righteousness. And we know all of this because in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, it says, At that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Glory be to God, for he set this specific Israeli remnant aside for himself, and he will never, ever abandon them. And so, dear friends... Take heed of the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God today as you seek a deeper personal relationship with Him. Thank you for joining me and know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you very much. And so do we. Until next week, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen and Amen.